Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 31 of Process to Profitability. For the month of December, my solo episodes are going to be giving you a little bit more information about my business and what it is that I do and how I came to do that. So today, I'm going over a brief history of Lemon in the Sea, and I'm actually going to be starting way before Lemon in the Sea got started and tell you how I came to be in this position. So when I was little, I loved interior design and crafts and pretty much everything that had to do with making things pretty. I would spend my sick days rearranging the furniture in my bedroom and I remember one time I wanted to move my bed but I couldn't do it by myself so I actually enlisted the help of my little brother who was not thrilled but we would rearrange the furniture in my bedroom and I loved picking out paints for my house. My mom complains now that my whole house is painted the same color, but when I was younger, I would not let her paint everything white. Every room was a different color, and I just loved living in a space that felt bright and fun and really reflected my personality. I also loved refinishing furniture and just doing projects with my hands Almost all of my Christmas gifts are homemade, and I am so passionate about making things that are beautiful, but that are also really useful to people. So I struggle with buying Christmas gifts this time of year if they're not something I think someone will really like, but if I can find something that they will just love, I am in my zone. In high school, I decided that I wanted to pursue a career in architecture, And so I spent all of my electives doing things like CAD and Revit, which is another architectural design program. I designed the high school yearbook on the side there because I was really efficient at those programs. And so I had extra time. I learned Photoshop and Illustrator in an art class and would take photos of all of the events at my school. I was also on the stage crew for three years and I loved being behind the scenes and making the sets and then getting to move them around and being a part of the camaraderie that is a high school musical, but without actually having to be on stage, except the times that I was on stage, but I was wearing black and you couldn't see me. At least that's what I like to say. And it's funny, when we go to musicals and plays now, I am actually pretty judgmental, I will confess that. My high school put on really high quality shows, and anyone who had seen them can tell you that that is, in fact, the truth and not an exaggeration. But now I see these shows and these stage crews, and I am like, they need to be moving faster, and they're not wearing all black, and what are these people doing? So... I had a really fun childhood that was full of creativity, but it was also full of working hard. I was expected to do well in school, and I worked really hard on all of my projects, 
And even in the classes that I struggled in, I still was able to maintain a high GPA and look forward to going to college. So when it came time to apply to colleges, I looked at universities all along the East Coast that offered architecture, but I decided that I wanted to get away from Pennsylvania. And so instead of staying in Pennsylvania for school or going next door to Ohio, where I was accepted to a school, I went all the way to Clemson, South Carolina, which was a 10-hour drive away from home, and I knew nobody there. But they had a great architecture program, and the one time that we visited, I just really felt at home. So I showed up on campus that first day and made myself go out and meet people, and I actually introduced myself to one of my very best friends from college by complimenting her bag that she was carrying her books around in because it had some quote about reading. I don't even remember what it was now, but it cemented our friendship pretty early on. I also decided to minor in psychology. So when you were an architecture major, which is a hard enough program, you also had to choose a minor. And some people did business, others did um, structural stuff so that they could do the engineering side of things. But I loved psychology in high school and I wanted to continue that in college. So I jumped right into that and that was a really nice break because I didn't have to study too hard. It all made sense in my brain, learning about people and why they do the things that they do. And then in the architecture side of things, I would spend hours and hours in studio coming up with designs for different buildings, depending on our project. My house where I grew up still has a ton of the projects and models that I made in school hanging on the walls. And we have some of them here as well because they, it was just such a cool time. The environment of studio is definitely an interesting one. So if you've never been to an architecture or an art school, or if you have only ever walked past the building and laughed at the weirdos who are doing work at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning when everyone else is watching football, it is a place of competition, but camaraderie. We are all sort of in there all the time and we all have our own space, but it's in a big open room. And so you're always talking to people and bouncing ideas off of one another. There's a lot of feedback that goes on and you're never really um, doing things on your own. You're surrounded by these people who are just as passionate about something as you are. And it's a great place to learn, to think critically, to come up with design solutions. And so even though there are quite a few people that I graduated with who are not in careers in architecture, they are still pursuing something in design. Quite a few of them have their own small business or have gone into graphic design or something like that. And so we are all just these weird mixes of creative and very plan-oriented people. So I know a lot of people in the creative industry are all very um, all over the place. They are just have all of the ideas and they want to pursue all of the projects. And I am the same way, but I'm also very organized and detail oriented. And so architecture was a great fit for me. And my plan was to graduate from college 
go to grad school, get um, certified as an architect and do my internship and also pursue a LEED certification, which is sort of a green standard for architecture, all by the time that I was 30. And that was my goal, and that was what I was working towards. And when I graduated from architecture school, I decided that it wasn't time for me to go right into grad school again. I needed a break from just having to do all of that intense learning every day. And so I went back up to Pennsylvania and I applied for internships. I applied for tons of them. I sent so many cover letters, emails, resumes, everything. And I never heard anything back from most people. And the few interviews that I got just didn't pan out. This was, I graduated from high school in 2008 and from college in 2012 and architecture was just not in demand at the time. People were not building very much because of the recession and so there weren't jobs for a lot of us. And so I wasn't sure what I wanted to do but I was engaged to my husband who was working at Chick-fil-A in Pittsburgh and so I moved back up there and we set a date for our wedding and we started planning. So I graduated in May of 2012, like I said, and I continued to work in the job that I had had for every summer previous, which was lifeguarding. And it wasn't until October that I finally found some job that was not just sitting by a pool all day. Not that I hated that job, but it just was not a career for me. So I got a job at a small family-run business that had an online business, and then they also um, did some manufacturing. And I started out there in accounts payable. And by the time that I got married in October of 2012, I was working that job. I was lifeguarding, and I also had a weekend job at a physical therapy office doing um, some medical billing. Well, not billing, but checking people into the office. So I had three jobs, and I was doing all of my wedding stuff myself. And I really think that that highlights the story of my life. But I eventually narrowed it down to just that one job, doing accounts payable and moving into our rental house and just throwing myself into creative projects. After a while, I um, got to do some design for that company, updating their website and working on some other graphic projects because of my background. And I was really happy there. We were doing well. But as it often does, life happened. My husband lost his job and worked part-time at a couple of different places for almost a year and a half before he found a job six hours away from where we were living, and I had to decide what to do. I stayed in Pennsylvania for six months. We lived separately um, just to save up some money. And then I moved to Richmond, Virginia, where we are now, unable to find a job yet again. And I decided that I was going to do some freelancing. I had been reading blogs and doing DIY projects and decided that I wanted to start a blog on my own. And this was actually my second blog. The first had one post, which was my very snarky review of Romeo and Juliet, which I wrote in college and probably three people read. 
but I loved the idea of creating a little extra income by sharing my projects online, and I clearly had no idea how making money from blogging worked. And this was in 2014 to 2015 when I was making that transition. So blogging had been around for a while. People, you know, had already established these really big blogs. And so I was pretty late to that game. But over time, I learned from webinars and reading other blogs and trying things out that I could turn that DIY blog into a real business by offering graphic design services. So in the summer of 2015, right before I left for a week-long vacation with my family, I got my first inquiry from someone who was interested in a logo design. I spent that entire week at the beach worrying about what to say, putting together a proposal, figuring out my pricing, which I'm sure was way too low, and sending it off to this potential client. That one didn't work out, but I was hooked. I knew that I could turn my skills and passion for helping other people build businesses that supported them into something that could have real impact and would allow me the flexibility of working from home and having time off when I needed it to coincide with my husband's new teaching schedule. If you're ready to improve your website today, get my free five website updates to get legit guide by going to lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. Ever since then, I've been working hard in my little business to turn it into something that can help support my family and serve other creative women. Like I said, I started out offering logo design and any sort of design work possible. And I learned the hard way that when you offer everything, you are probably way undervaluing yourself and people are not going to know what to come to you for. So I actually ended up learning Squarespace on a webinar, learning about it on a webinar, and then decided that I wanted to make my own website there instead of the little WordPress site that I currently had. My first Squarespace client was my cousin who is an amazing performer and she needed a website as a resume. And so I designed that one. And from there, I just started putting my services out there. And I would get an inquiry here and there, and I would go through and write up a proposal and quote the project and send it off, and I would do the work, and I had so much fun, but everything was unorganized. Over the last two years, I have learned that I need to hone in on one specific thing. And if you have struggled with this, I totally get it because I've been there too. I went from offering everything graphic design related to offering brand and website design packages. So you could either do brand design, website design, or a combination. 
I tried out a lot of things that didn't work. I had a, an online video interview series that was live and people were able to come in and ask questions. And I think we had two people show up to questions for as many of the amazing women as came on my series. But I just really struggled to find what it is that I was meant to do, what it is that God was calling me to and why he had brought me here. Then in February of 2017, earlier this year, I went to a VIP intensive with Raina Pomeroy, and I was inspired to really narrow down on what services I was offering, figure out who my ideal client was, and instead of just hearing those things like you do on webinars and in blog posts, I actually had time to do the work. I also met some really amazing people and made what I felt like were real connections for the first time because they were offline and I was able to keep up with them. Before, I struggled to build connections because I am naturally a very introverted person and so it doesn't come easily to me to remember to respond to posts on social media or send emails to check in with people all the time. But these were people that I had met in real life and that I wanted to be friends with and they were also the inspiration behind this podcast. I came back from that and I was energized and ready to go. I knew what I needed to start working on. And so I started putting together process to profitability and getting interviews set. That launched in June of this year. So we are already six months into it, just under six months. And I have loved finding a way that I can share my knowledge and have a platform for other people to share as well instead of having to write blog posts every week. I learned that writing is not something that I love to do consistently, and so this is a much better platform for me. But I was still struggling. I still felt like I was shouting to the masses. I didn't know what my message was. I didn't know what my bigger purpose was, and I was trying to do anything and everything I could think of to get clients enough to actually keep my business afloat. Because I had gone to that first VIP intensive, I decided that I really liked the workshop style experience. And so when Raina offered a second one in the summer, I jumped on it. I was a little bit nervous because it was supposed to be about making passive income, which is not something that I was ready for in my business and not something that I've really figured out what that's going to look like if I'm going to offer it in the future. But she was great about really talking through not just passive income as far as setting up a product and selling it, but setting up funnels and figuring out what you want to be known for. So in January, you'll hear an episode with Raina talking about the verticals method, and that was what she taught me there. It was how do you figure out the three or four things that you want to be known for and that you can educate people on and really provide great value. And that's when I started honing in on things. I finally joined a real mastermind in We just started in October of this year and I have gotten so much out of it because I am learning that I can narrow in on things. I have decided that I am no longer going to be writing blog posts, but just focusing on podcasting 
And I'm also not going to be offering brand design anymore to just offer website design and focus on the strategy. So behind the scenes, that has looked like a lot of education and reading and courses to learn how to design a strategic website. I've been doing research about you know, these popular websites that get a lot of eyes on them. What are they doing well? And what can we learn from them to take it into the website design that I'm doing for my clients? I've also spent a lot of time figuring out exactly who my ideal client is and where I can find them. So I love working with creative women, and I don't want to restrict myself to just one field. So I'm not just designing websites for photographers or wedding professionals. I want to be open to any field, but I'm really loving helping women who have been in business for a few years and are ready to take their business to the next level. Maybe they're making a transition into offering a different service or they're just tired of DIYing things and they know that a high quality professional website is going to help them reach their dream clients and be seen as an expert. So I am so excited to be working with these women so that they can start sharing their expertise and getting seen by more people and really building this business that they have been called to just like I have been called to mine. As I continue learning and growing, I'm falling more and more in love with being a small business owner and being able to help others do the same. Um, I really believe that we are each here for a reason and I love getting to be a part of businesses that are having an amazing impact on people. I have worked with such a wide variety of people and I'm really grateful for that. So to wrap this up, I want to share some things that I have really been brainstorming out with you and let you know um, exactly sort of what I'm thinking behind the scenes. So I've come up with a mission statement, a manifesto, and my core values, and I'm going to share those with you and maybe they'll inspire you to figure out what exactly this looks like in your own business. So for me, my mission at Lemon in the Sea is to empower creative, driven women to pursue their purpose and focus on what's most important. To me, this is a mission statement that says why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to help other women who have businesses pursue the purpose that God has given them no matter what that looks like, and focus on what's most important. So I really believe that in business, while that's important, there are things like family and friends that need to be a priority as well. And so I love helping those people create websites that do some of the work for them, that find them their dream clients so that they can charge more and work less. It also allows for a lot of room to change and grow and decide that I want to go in a different direction. I can do this mission in a variety of ways. And right now I'm doing that through website design, but who knows what it's going to look like in the future. And I know that it's looked in different and very, it's looked very different in the past. My core values here at Lemon in the Sea are serving well, um, laughter and fun, authentic design, that everyone has a purpose, family time, giving grace, um, a focus on growth and education, that chocolate is important, 
and that this is worth it. I believe that we all have been called to our own businesses for a reason and that we need to pursue that with everything that God has given us. And the Lemon in the Sea Manifesto, this is something that I have been working on for months. And I think that I've finally gotten it to a place where it says exactly what I need it to say in order to communicate my values, my mission, and what it is that I believe in. I believe in putting people over profit, that you aren't alone. The design should be beautiful and functional. Communication is key that you deserve to be seen, collaboration in design, and that you have a purpose and a place here. So that's a little bit about Lemon in the Sea and my journey here all the way from the time I was a little kid and the threads that I have seen running through my life that have really set me up for a creative business that is crazy to run, but is so exciting in what it can do. Before I go, I will leave you with one more story that I think illustrates exactly who I am in personality. When I was younger, sometime in elementary school, I decided that I wanted a second dog. We had a dog, but she was totally my mom. She followed my mom everywhere, and I wanted one of my own. And I was a very determined child, so I thought, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to get my parents to agree to this? And my mom wasn't the problem, but my dad, you know, he wasn't sold on the idea of a second dog, and he wasn't sure that we were going to be willing to take care of it. So I wrote up a contract in elementary school that said that I could get a dog if I found one within six months and agreed to certain things, and if it met certain qualifications, and I made my dad sign it. He actually sat down at the table with me and went through, and we made some corrections, and the things that we corrected, he made me initial. And so I learned really early on how serious contracts were, and he signed it. And I was actually able to find a dog in that time period that met all the qualifications, and we adopted him and um, had him for quite a few years. And it was a really cool feeling to have made that happen. And looking back now, I can see how I was so determined and I was stubborn and I worked hard for what I wanted. And that has really served me well as an entrepreneur. Running a business is not for everybody. And I know that. There are a lot of people out there who flourish in jobs where they have a boss who can tell them what to do and you know give them instruction but for me I love being able to decide what to do with my time and I'm also really good at actually sitting down and getting stuff done instead of putting it off so I hope that this inspires you to take a look back at your business see what it is that is running through your life that has led you to where you are and then take some time to think about what your core values are and what's most important to you in your business. In my next solo show coming out in two weeks, I'm going to be looking back on 2017, maybe dipping into some finances a little bit and 
showing you what's coming up next and how I am pivoting and changing again in my business. Thanks so much for joining me on Process to Profitability today. I hope you enjoyed getting to see a little bit more about my story. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 